0: So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Three, two, one. When I'm working out, I love to listen to your podcast. Whenever you say something, other people react to it. Taking my breath away, Aaron. Fern Lundquist joins me Hall of Famer Jim Calhoun NASCAR icon Dale Earnhardt Jr. Kirk Herbstreit is on the phone Here we go Welcome in everybody to episode Eddie of the podcast of the sweeping America The Air Tour Sports Podcast It is Wednesday, August 12th, 2020 How about this? So for people who are new to this show as a general rule, I do two episodes every week. Usually do Monday, usually do Thursday. It's a nice balance of what happened over the weekend, what happened during the week, previewing going into the weekend. But this week, with the Big Ten Insanity I am already 3 for 3 in terms of podcasts, so Monday I talked about all the craziness that happened Sunday night in the Big Ten, why everything was negative. Of course, Tuesday's episode, which I recorded late Monday, had a positive twist to it as it did feel as though there was some positive momentum to potentially saving a Big Ten season on Monday when Scott Frost and Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day and everybody spoke out, and I am back here Wednesday morning. I can't lie. It feels like this week at the Big Ten has taken 10 years off my life because it is surreal. But by now, you all know that the Big Ten in the middle of the day on Tuesday announced that they have canceled the 2020 football season, postponed it to 2021. And I am just going to tell you why this is idiotic, why it makes no sense, why it is frustrating why the leadership in the Big Ten has been some of the most gutless, disgusting, disappointing, uh, I can't even think of the words to describe it, But the leadership from the Big Ten was appalling this week. It's so disappointing. It's so frustrating. And as I will get into in this show, my issue, as I said last episode and what I said relative to the people that I talked to, my issue is not that the college football season was canceled. My issue was that the Big Ten never even attempted to try to see if it could work. And so we are going to hit on this from every angle, why it doesn't make sense, why... um, Just every angle, we're going to talk about why it doesn't make sense, the long-term ramifications, and of course, we're going to talk about what is the only saving grace out of Wednesday, out of Tuesday. I'm losing my days already and that is that the SEC uh, is moving forward to try and continue a season. The ACC appears to be aligned with the SEC, and of course the Big 12 late on Tuesday night has said that as of now, for now, they will proceed and try to play football this year. So it has been a surreal, I'm talking surreal, surreal, 48, 72 hours if you want to go back to Saturday morning when the rumblings first started, when the Big Ten decided to postpone any padded practices, any practices that involved anything other than helmets, to go from where we were Friday when Ohio State had its first practice as a team to Tuesday where the season has been canceled. It is unbelievable, surreal, Uh, and frankly just a little bit disappointing. We're going to get into that. I'm also going to talk very briefly about the Pac-12 And I will defend the Pac-12 because I do think while it's easy to lump the Pac-12 in with what happened with the Big Ten today, it's a little bit different. So there's a lot to get into. I'm going to do my best. And as I've done the last few days, I'm going to go in a lot of different directions. I'm going to try to keep myself on track. But you know how AT rolls. Sometimes when I just start talking, insanity pursues, insanity happens, and I just start saying crazy things and going in crazy directions. I will try to keep myself on track. But it was a... Uh, just a, a really awful, tough day to be a college football fan, and of course, as tough as it was for us as fans, even more disappointing for the players, for the parents, for the coaches, for the people that have dedicated their lives to this stuff. So we're going to hit on every angle and get into this, and that will obviously, by the way, be the only topic of today's show. Before we get started, I want to remind all of you, many of you have already done this, but if you are not subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast, Please make sure that you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. You can do it on iTunes. You can do it on the Podcast Addict app. If you have an Android, the Podcast Addict app is the way to go pod spotify tune in radio wherever you listen to podcasts make sure that you are subscribed to the aaron torres sports podcast also make sure to rate and review the show give us a quick five stars do what mike underscore 2018 underscore mike did when he said the at express is rolling through baby And he said that if you want to go read that review, it is on iTunes. I read it the other day. I won't reread it now. But Mike really encapsulated what this show is about. I'm somebody that is very passionate about sports. I love sports. We obviously cover a ton of college sports on this show, but I think anybody that's been listening for a while knows I will roll with the punches, okay? I made a vow the day the NCAA tournament was canceled, which I believe was five months to the day of today when you're listening here on August 12th, I made a vow that I was going to keep doing this show, I was going to continue to find ways to entertain you and bring you a a, a fun product, and I'm going to keep doing it. If we get SEC football, that's cool, if we don't, that's cool, if this NBA bubble, if uh, Martians attack the NBA bubble and the way 2020's going, who knows if that's going to happen, I am going to keep doing this show. So this is not about, oh, Torres is just mad because his whole livelihood is over without the Big Ten. Now I'm gonna keep rolling, and as I said, Mike underscore 2018, Mike. Thank you for your comments on Insta on uh, the the iTunes page because it really does encapsulate what this show is about. Uh, and if you want to leave a rating or review, please go ahead and do so. You can also find me on social media, Aaron underscore Torres on on Insta on Twitter. Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, Aaron Torres writer on Facebook. Um, And I do have a YouTube channel, a little behind on posting the videos there, but I do have a YouTube channel, Aaron Torres. And before we get into the show, I do want to remind everybody, and so many of you have reached out to me this week and have already told me, but if you want to help if you want to be part of a movement, if you want to be part of what I'm doing as I am single-handedly doing everything I can using every platform I have, social media, Periscope, Instagram video, this podcast, to try and bring sanity to the college football conversation and eventually the college basketball conversation because college basketball is up next, i um, Make sure you share this with your friends. Tell your friends. If you're part of a community on social media, post it on an Instagram, or a Instagram page or a message board. If you're uh, an administrator on a message board, anyone that needs to hear this, anyone that needs to share this, because what people need to know is that they are not alone in this insanity that has to do with this whole situation with college football. I'm going to get into it in a minute, but it makes no sense why they are canceling this season in the big Big 10. And people need to know that there are people in the media like myself fighting for college football, fighting for sports, fighting for sanity to come back to our society. So please, if you know somebody that you would like it, that would like this show, send it to them, tag them on social media, let them know about this show because that's the best way for this show to expand and to grow and all of the things that I'm trying to do. And with that said, people, There is no more time to waste. We do have quite a bit to get into today. And when I say quite a bit to get into, I mean literally everything. I mean like a sport as we know it, potentially like the entire... Ecology of college athletics, as we know it, is hanging by a thread. As we, of course, found out on Tuesday afternoon, that the Big Ten has canceled its college football season. They will not play in 2020. It comes after a contentious 72 hours or so. Whereas I said a minute ago, um, you know, whereas I said a minute ago, uh, we went from practice on Friday. Ohio State had its first practice. By the way, how about this for the Big 10? Remember those crazy days a week ago when Jim Harbaugh and Ryan Day apparently got into it on a on a on a phone call or a video conference or whatever? Why can't we go back to those simple times when Ryan Day and Jim Harbaugh were beefing about stuff on the field? But it happened Tuesday the president's pulled the rug out from under the season. Uh, And it's just disgusting, it's deplorable, and let's get into it. And before I get into it, I do want to hit on something, because I did get a little bit of this, is... Torres, you're yelling and screaming, you're on Twitter tweeting up a storm, you're on Instagram going on Periscope, going crazy over the Big Ten. Where was this passion for the Mountain West? Where was this passion for UConn? Where was this passion for Old Dominion? And where was this passion for the Pac-12? And so let me get into all that. First of all, with the MAC, with the Mountain West, with UConn, with Old Dominion, anyone who listens to this show, and we're picking up new listeners by the day, I have said, That while I feel terrible for the student athletes at all of those universities, including my own alma mater, the University of Connecticut, the reality is it was always going to be difficult for anyone outside of the Power Five to play college football this year. And the reason being, once the Power Five went to conference-only schedules. I know by theory, the ACC and the Big 12 kept a single out-of-conference game, but it was impossible, right? And it's for all the reasons I've already talked about. I'm not gonna re-litigate it and re-get into it, but once the Power Five conferences decided that they were gonna go to conference-only games, it basically makes the MAC impossible to have a football season. It basically makes it impossible for that conference to have a football season, and the reason is very simply this. Mac football, and not just Mac football, but the entire athletic department at these Mac schools are basically funded by two or three big football games a year, right? It's the same at UConn. UConn was scheduled to play at Ole Miss this year. They were scheduled to play at the University of North Carolina this year. They were scheduled to play at Virginia, at Illinois, Indiana, at home. And so when you have all those big payday games pulled off your schedule, guess what? There's no money coming into your athletic department. And when there's no money coming into your athletic department, it makes it really difficult to pay to test 110 people in a football program, if you have 85 players, 15 coaches, a couple personnel staff, a couple walk-ons, it makes it really hard to test 100 plus people multiple times a week when those two or three big paychecks that you were relying on are no longer coming in. And so I have, you know, kind of uh, felt sympathy for, for the Mountain West. I have certainly for the Mac I talked about. I talked about UConn. I haven't really talked about Old Dominion, UMass. I really actually didn't talk about the Mountain West yesterday. I feel terrible for those student athletes. But the reason they're not playing is not because of political BS, political nonsense like the Big Ten. It's because they simply can't afford to. And while I feel bad for them, I understand the plight of those athletic departments that did want to play, but realistically it wasn't going to happen. I will also very quickly before I get into the Big Ten defend the Pac-12. The Pac-12, I think everybody, listen, it's easy to pile on Larry Scott right now, the Pac-12 commissioner, and I'll be honest, I think he's like legitimately a terrible commissioner. Like I don't think he's good at the job at all. I don't think he brings any value to that conference at all. I don't think he understands really how college athletics work at all, but where I will defend him is the Pac-12 was always going to have challenges that the other Power 5 conferences weren't going to have, and so it's really interesting because I haven't talked a lot about the Pac-12 on this show, but I really thought that the Pac-12 was going to struggle to get a football product onto the field this year. And the reason is very simple. I live in Pac-12 country and I can tell you the reason is twofold. One there's a bunch of schools that do not have students on their campuses. And that has been a big talking point from the beginning of all this is, can you play intercollegiate athletics if students aren't on campus? But then the second thing, which I don't think a lot of people realize, you might know it now because I had Mick Cronin on the show yesterday. These athletic departments, gyms in California are currently closed. So the four programs in California, Stanford, Cal, UCLA, and USC, they haven't even been able to get their players into the facilities to work out. And so because of that, the idea of ramping up here on August 12th and playing even on September 26th, when you really haven't had your players working out, haven't had them in the facility, it was probably unrealistic. And so what I do believe happened with the Pac-12, they were ready to, to postpone into 2021 I believe, I don't want to say long ago, but probably it's been on the back of the minds of the people that matter in that conference for a while. And I think they were kind of looking for a quote-unquote get-out-of-jail-free card. And I think they got that when they really got wind that the Big Ten was seriously thinking about it. So I will defend the Pac-12 in the idea that it was actually going to be pretty hard for them to get a football product on the field here in September but that also brings me to what the meat of this show is, which is the Big Ten, which is the decision that came on Tuesday to cancel Big Ten football. And it's it, it really boils down to what I said off the top. It is disgusting. It is deplorable. It is embarrassing. And it is because the Big Ten ultimately has no excuse that those other conferences have, right? So like, first of all, I think we all understand that Big 10 schools have enough money to test their student athletes. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but I believe each Big 10 school made like $40 million a year just from TV revenue a year ago, okay? So that doesn't include ticket sales. That doesn't include donations. That doesn't include your deal with Nike or Jordan brand or Under Armour or Adidas or whoever. We're just talking about $40 million just from The TV deal. So all these schools in the Big Ten have enough money to test. Unlike the Pac-12, as best I can tell, there were no limitations to training over these last couple weeks, right? It'd be different if, say, the entire state of Illinois was shut down and Illinois and Northwestern couldn't get into their facilities to practice. Or the state of Michigan was shut down and Michigan and Michigan State couldn't get into practice, right? Like that's a different conversation. That is not happening in the Big Ten. And so where my frustration comes in from the Big Ten is very simply this. They made up a bunch of BS, a bunch of crap that isn't true Because they don't want to play football this year. And we know why they don't want to play football this year. It is because of liability. It is because of fear that they could potentially get sued down the road if they play and players refuse to sign a waiver. And there was even talk throughout the day of how much a waiver could even hold up if a player was to sign it. But the bottom line remains that the schools are terrified That these players would potentially have some long term ramifications and that the school would get sued. I understand that argument, okay? I am not going to sit here and pretend that I am Greg Sankey or even Kevin Warren, who I think has been a total knucklehead dope over the last couple weeks, the Big Ten commissioner. I'm not saying that I have all the access to all the information that those guys had. I'm not saying that I don't understand the concern about the liability issues. Where my issue comes in with the Big Ten is the reason that they told us that they can't play is the biggest load of crap that I have ever heard. And the conversation is about, it's about player safety. And over the last couple of days, we've seen there, there, there's heart problems that could potentially pop up. And first of all, by the way, One piece of advice. If I can give you one piece of advice, be careful the media that you follow, okay? Be careful the media that you follow because I noticed this over the last couple days is this story about these heart problems and this big heart concern, they started leaking out on Sunday. I saw SI Put out an article on Sunday morning about oh this big heart thing that could potentially happen, and then Monday ESPN had it, and then Tuesday the Athletic had it, and then all of a sudden this big heart can. That's why we can't play football. It affects the heart. Just one problem. Just one problem. The the lead. Uh, medical director who consults the ACC, who works for Duke's Medical Center, says he doesn't believe this heart issue is a reason uh, to cancel football, that he believes that athletes with a COVID diagnosis, uh, are—it it is not a threat to them, okay? The the head doctor at the University of Alabama said that he does not believe that this is a threat. This is not a new thing. This is not something that is unprecedented. This is not something that is even COVID related. This is something that happens to a lot of athletes. It's something you have to monitor. It's something you have to be careful about if you're a doctor dealing with high stress, high performance athletes. So I bring it up to say that all of a sudden, when you start noticing all these little stories leaking out, It's because these school presidents are looking, they're trying to trick you as the consumer. They're trying to create fear inside of you to let you know that we can't play this season because we've got this big, scary heart condition. No, we don't the du- the doctor from Duke who consults the ACC said it is not a big deal. I'm sorry. I will trust the doctor from Duke, one of the best universities in the world. Duke Medical Center is one of the best medical centers in the world. And by the way, this is also why the ACC is not freaking out about this because their lead doctor was like, dude, it's not a big deal. We've known about this. It's going to be fine. Don't sweat it. And that is why the ACC is continuing. The reason the Big Ten isn't continuing is because they're trying to create excuses to not play this season. And so really, when we get into the conversation about the Big Ten, what it really boils down to is that the Big Ten, it, it, what it boils down to, and I'm, I'm tripping over my own words here because I'm trying to think to, to say this appropriately, the Big Ten was looking for excuses to cancel the season. They are worried about liability and they're just making stuff up as they go. They're just throwing stuff against the wall as they go. And my problem with the Big Ten is what I've said already on today's show and what I said yesterday's show and the show before. The issue is not canceling the season. The issue is canceling the season before even attempting to try to see if you can actually play with COVID. And so when we get into the Big Ten stuff, it goes back to what I said the other day. When you think about this situation, I think there's two things that you have to think about. In life, there are two polar opposites that have to be considered, right? In one circumstance, there are things that really suck that you wish didn't happen, but that you understand why a decision is made, right? And so I talked about that with the NCAA tournament the other day when the NCAA tournament was canceled in March. It really, really, really sucked. But in in March, we had no information on this virus. We had no idea how to handle it. We had no idea how to protect ourselves. We had no idea who it impacted, who it affected. And we had to cancel. It sucked. I hated it. I'm a huge college hoops guy. But it had to be done for the safety of everybody involved. So there are things that really suck, but you understand, and there are things that suck that don't make any sense at all, and this is the Big Ten thing, right? The Big Ten thing is, we have to keep the players healthy. Safety is the utmost importance, which is a nice thing to say, but it doesn't make sense when you really break it down to its simplest form, and my frustration with the Big Ten is the the lines that they gave us are such BS. The lines that they gave us on Tuesday when they decided to cancel the season are such crap. And it's like I've said a few times now, if the reasoning to cancel the Big 10 season made sense, I'd be okay with it, but it didn't make sense. It made no sense, it's crap, anybody with half a brain can see through it, and that is where my frustration comes in with this situation. So let's get into this whole conversation about, well, we have to keep our athletes safe. All right, well, I already talked about the heart stuff. The heart stuff is crap. Duke Medical Center says it is not a problem, it is not a reason that we should be keeping athletes off the field. Beyond that, there are other reasons that I do not buy that this is really about the safety of players, okay? So the first one, I've already talked about it a ton this week, I'm not gonna spend a ton more time on it. But the first one is that as I've said a bunch, if it's really about protecting athletes, if it's really about protecting young people and keeping everybody safe, Why are 13 out of 14 campuses in the Big Ten having students in in in-person classes this fall? Now, as I've said, I will defend the Big Ten on this. Every school is a little bit different. As best I remember, and I looked it up on Sunday, so I might not be exactly right on this, but there are a couple schools that basically everything's kind of the same, right? Uh, Wisconsin, I believe, is going to be basically back to normal. Nebraska is going to be basically back to normal. There are other schools that are hybrid, okay? So I saw the University of Iowa. There will be no classes more than 49 students. So if it's a a class of 50 plus students, it has to go remote. They don't want more than 50 people in a room together. Um, You look at different schools I believe Penn State is sort of a hybrid, but I had a listener of this show reach out to me today who is a student at Penn State who said, we are having thousands of students on campus. We are having thousands of students on campus this fall. So again, it comes back to what I said on Sunday. How can you tell me that it is about the safety of football players When you're going to have thousands of students on 13 of these 14 campuses, shout out to Rutgers by the way, you probably forgot they were in the Big Ten, but they are the only Big Ten campus that is basically not having in-person classes this fall. How can you tell me, it's about the safety of everybody, if you're having in-person classes, how can you tell me, as has been discussed many times, that a football player isn't safe playing football when he's under the supervision of of an incredible medical team, and all these schools have incredible medical staffs. How can you tell me that he's not safe when he's getting tested two, three, four times a week, but Johnny and Econ, who's living in the freshman dorms, dealing with thousands of other people in his dorm, or at the very least hundreds of other people, that kid's safe. It makes no sense. So don't tell me it's about the safety of the student athlete, because you don't care about the safety of the regular student. So now all of a sudden we care about the safety of the football player? Speaking of which, talk about safety how about this the Big Ten says they want to play in the spring which is a crock of crap I'll get into it in a minute but they say they want to play in the spring so it's really about the safety of the football player uh except one question if we play in the spring that means we're probably going to bring kids back to campus at the end of winter break early January mid January start practice maybe play in March even if you have a truncated smaller schedule Let's say you play 8, 9, 10 games over the course of the quote-unquote spring season. Then you have to turn around and you're going to play another season in the fall? So it's really about the safety of the players, but we're going to have them play what? 17, 18, 19, 20, 25 games over the course of the calendar year from about February or March of 2021 into January of 2022? 2022? Like that's what we're doing here, because that's what you're saying. It's about the safety of the players, but they're gonna play two seasons in one calendar year. Just want to make sure that I have that. I just want to make sure that I have that wrapped around my head. Just want to make sure that I have that. uh, You know, I'm letting it all seep into my brain right now. Three. If it's really about the safety of the players, is it football more dangerous? Like somebody brought this up to me, and it's like the most basic point, but it's 100% accurate. Um, So we're gonna let guys for 15 weeks a year, every year, knock heads and go crazy and do what football players do and throw their bodies around. And we, we actually know the long-term effects of CTE and football and the injuries that can happen. That's safe. Can't play with COVID though. Can't because it's not safe with COVID. So that is my issue with the Big Ten. Is not that they canceled the season for the 100th time. It's not that they canceled the season. It's that they the, the excuses that they used are complete crap, complete dog, you know what? They don't make sense. They're not logical. And every anyone with a functional brain can see through them. And where the real thing that bothers me, guys. This is what really bothers me, okay? Is what I actually tweeted on, I guess it was Wednesday when Tuesday when the announcement officially happened. Again, to be clear, not mad they canceled the season, mad that they didn't even try. And this is what bothers me, and I probably should have led the show with this because this is the most important point that I can make to uh, you know, to, to, to encapsulate this entire situation. I had I did a periscope when all this announcement happened. I had somebody ask me a great question. Do I think that the Big Ten ever wanted to actually play football? I don't have the answer to that. But what I can tell you is this the thing that bothers me more than anything else the thing that bothers me more than anybody else and i'm not even a parent i'm not even a player i know people in the industry but it's you know it's not my livelihood but what bothers me the most is this we took a bunch of 17 18 19 20 year old kids we brought them back to a campus back in june okay we put them through insane protocols. I mean, the protocols that these guys had to go through multiple tests a week, um, you know, on by the way, on top of academics, on top of strength training, you put them through multiple tests a week, social distancing, quarantining. Um, you put them through a situation where, uh, you know, they can't hang out on the weekends with their friends. They're basically isolating in their dorm rooms. I saw a video from Ohio State where the, the captain of the team was basically like, dude, I go back to my dorm every night and play Halo or whatever the cool, hip video game is because I don't wanna ruin this for the rest of us. That is what bothers me more than anybody else, more than anything else. These school presidents brought these kids back, put them through these insane protocols, these insane protocols. And oh, by the way, the protocols worked! I told you the other day, Jim Harbaugh brought this up, 893 tests at Michigan. 11 positives total. That's .01% of all the tests that were done came back positive. And two of them, I should mention, were players who tested positive upon returning back to campus. So we're talking about nine positive tests out of like 800 done on campus. This is what bothers me. Not that we canceled the season, that we brought these players back, that we put them through insane protocols, that they followed the protocols, that the protocols are working. That's the part that has to drive, I don't even want to say drive people crazy, that that that, that it makes it so depressing. The protocols worked. We did everything that we were supposed to. I mean, imagine being a kid around the house and your mom's like, dude, if, if you eat your broccoli every single night for the next – Four months and you get straight A's and your room's always clean and you get great marks from your teachers, I'm going to take you to Disneyland at the end of all this. I think that's something every parent can relate to. I think that's something every kid can relate to that's probably a part of their lives. Imagine that. Imagine telling your kid, you got to eat your broccoli, got to get good grades, straight A's, got to get good marks from your teachers, got to keep your room clean. But if that happens, you go to Disney World and imagine if the, your kid did that every single day for three months, did exactly what you asked them, above and beyond, better grades than you expected, better marks from your teachers, ate more, You, the kid ate so much broccoli you can't even make enough. And then at the end you said, yeah, sorry, I changed my mind, no Disneyland. Like what, what do you, like you, DCFS would show up and take your kid away, that's awful parenting. And that's my point with this that is my point with this that makes me so mad and I'm screaming and I'm like guys I'm not even lying like I don't want to say that I'm almost in tears but I feel so bad for these players and I feel so bad for these coaches imagine being a player and pouring your heart into this coming back to campus not hanging out with girls getting tested a couple times a week, as soon as you leave the facility, you go straight back to your room, you stay by yourself, you play video games, you don't do anything with the outside community. For three months, you've done everything that's been asked. Every protocol has been better than expected and they still took away the season. And that to me is why I have to ask the question, did the Big Ten ever actually wanna play football? I don't know, man, I don't know. But what I do know is it's disgusting it's appalling, and this is why I'm so fired up, because the players did everything that you asked, and it didn't matter, it didn't matter, and I'll just say, I I said it the other day, and I'll keep saying it, if this matters to you, you know, call your school president, call the office, email, figure out a way, let them know that this is unacceptable, because to me, I'm not going to stop fighting, and maybe, by the way, to, to those of you who disagree with me, to those of you who don't think that there should be football this year, shout out to you. Because you I, I'm, I don't think I've hid where I stand on this topic. Um, and if you're sticking with this show and you disagree, I give you so much credit because you're willing to listen to the other side. But I just have seen nothing that makes me feel like we shouldn't attempt this season. And I'm not saying, and I said this to end Tuesday's show I'm not saying we need to have football. We have to have football. There's no question that there should be football. What I'm saying is you at least got to try. How can you tell me that football's not safe when no one in the Big Ten had a single padded practice? I said it the other day, but maybe once we get in pads, once we start blocking and tackling, we see like this just ain't going to happen. Like this just ain't going to work. Maybe that happens. Maybe that does happen, and maybe that sucks, but at least we know, at least we tried, at least we had one practice, and guys breathed on each other, and it spread, and you can't control it. But to cancel after, without even trying, I mean, think about it in a different way. Imagine, this is the equivalent of what just happened in the Big Ten. If the NBA went down to the bubble, they spent three weeks practicing at home, in their own facilities, they fly down to the bubble, then they quarantine. Then they get tested multiple times a week. Then they practice. Then, right as they're about to start that first exhibition game, the NBA says, you know what? We're just not even going to try. Like, like you guys, No, no, no. You guys did everything right. You guys did everything right, but we're just not even going to try. That is what happened to these college football players, and that is why I feel so bad, and that is why I'm going to continue to fight for them. And I'll tell you this. I don't think the Big Ten conference commissioners I don't think they understand what they just did. I don't think that they understand the short-term and long-term ramifications of what just happened. Because let me give you a few of the short-term and long-term ramifications of what just happened. First off, I don't think anybody talks about this, but the mental and physical health of the players. First of all, the Big Ten canceled the season. I don't think they really have any idea what they're actually going to do with the players now. I saw Barry Alvarez say they're still going to have their 20-hour weeks every week. So we're just going to lift and practice? First of all, first of all, first of all, so we can't play games, but they can still come to the facility, they can still lift, they can still work out. They just can't play games? What? That doesn't make sense. But then on top of that, not all of them are going to be so lucky. A lot of these kids are gonna be sent home. And by the way, it's not just in the Big Ten. I feel bad for the Pac-12 kids. I feel bad for the Mountain West kids. I feel bad for the the kids in the Mac that aren't gonna have on in-person classes this year. Because they're all gonna get sent home to mom and dad's house. And we already talked about that. And what nobody talks about, what Mick Cronin actually talked about on yesterday's podcast, was the mental health aspect of it all. Being home with mom and dad. You're used to living on your own. Now you gotta go home and live with mom and dad. Maybe mom and dad, maybe you don't have your own bedroom. Maybe you don't have your own space. Maybe, by the way, you don't have internet to do homework. Maybe you don't have your own personal computer. As Mick Cronin said, some of his players, I mean, in basketball, you got 6'10", 6'11 guys. How about football? You got 300-pound offensive linemen. Sometimes mom and dad can't afford to feed you. The Big Ten didn't think about this because the Big Ten doesn't care. That's my problem. They don't care about these student-athletes. They don't care about the regular students either. That's one. Another long-term ramification. This is gonna be really bad for actual Big Ten football because the thing is, Big Ten football will eventually come back. I don't know about the other sports, which we're gonna get into in a minute, but Big Ten football will eventually come back, and this is going to be crippling. So first of all, in the short term, I know this is someone who covers college basketball, but I can tell you, that every half-decent player in the Big Ten, I'm recording here on Tuesday night, every half-decent player in the Big Ten has been hit up or has had their parents hit up or their high school coach hit up or their seven-on-seven coach hit up, and people are trying to get them a transfer. I'm telling you this. I said this uh, on my Periscope on on Tuesday. I'm telling you, you think, I'm just using it as a hypothetical. I'm not accusing. You think Alabama... With all their graduate assistants and student assistants and, um, you know, analysts, you think that at Alabama, or let's just not use Alabama because I don't want to generalize, every SEC school, I guarantee the second that there was wind, that the Big Ten might cancel their season and the Pac-12-2, I guarantee you, guarantee you, guarantee you, guarantee you, guarantee you They had somebody on staff looking through depth charts in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 saying, who can help us? Who's a fifth-year senior? Who's already graduated? Who can we get to our campus as a graduate transfer? That is happening, I promise you. Now, it doesn't mean the SEC is definitively going to play football, but they're picking apart rosters, and they're going to come after guys. And if a guy is a fifth-year senior, they're going to do what they can to transfer. And if a kid can transfer and maybe get a waiver, that's going to happen too. I really do believe that the Big Ten specifically, and to a smaller degree, Pac-12 rosters are going to get picked over like a carcass by a crow, or what's the bird, vulture, the, the birds that picket dead things, going to get picked apart like a vulture, that's a point, and it's dead, because the Big Ten is dead. By the way, how about long-term recruiting, okay? Let's say the SEC does pull this season off. How, in your, let's say the SEC season, I want to phrase this correctly, let's say the SEC season, let's say the SEC pulls this season off, okay, and let's say that a year from now, there's a kid from, let's say Ohio, because it's a a SEC, SEC Big Ten border state, and that Ohio kid, or let's just say from SEC country, Georgia, the kid is down to Georgia and Ohio State, Georgia and Ohio State you know what the Georgia coach is going to say? Dude, did you see? They canceled. That conference over there, they don't take football seriously like we do. They canceled their season last year, and we didn't cancel. We kept playing. You can't go there because if anything ever happens, they're going to they're run for the hills and cancel their season. I'm telling you, recruiting will be impacted exponentially, exponentially, Every fringe kid, I don't know how you can pick a Big Ten school if the SEC or even the ACC is recruiting you and the ACC and SEC actually play a season. Because again, that's going to be the the built-in excuse. Well, if you go there, they don't take football seriously, man. Anything could happen. They're going to cancel the season. That will happen. I promise you. I mentioned it a minute ago. I mentioned it a minute ago. The non-revenue sports, this is a big part of the conversation that nobody talks about because as I say on this show all the time, nobody cares about non-revenue sports. We spend so much time talking about how tough it is for Zion and R.J. Barrett and all these poor kids, it's so tough, when the vast, 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 vast majority of them have it really good, have it really good, okay, and so when you look at this situation You know who I feel bad for? And I said this the other day. I feel really bad for the football players in the Big Ten and the Pac-12 in the Mountain West. I feel really bad for the soccer players and the tennis players. And I feel really, really, really bad for the high school soccer players and the tennis players and the men's wrestlers and the girls' volleyball players and the girls' gymnastics players. Because guess what? If we don't have football for a whole year, you know how many – you know how many non-revenue sports we're going to have to cut? You know how many scholarship opportunities are going to be lost? You know how many people that were getting a free education that were on track to get a free education are not going to get them anymore? It's unbelievable. And again, the Big Ten presidents don't care. They're just trying to save their butts. They do not care. But as I said a minute ago, as I said last week too, said last episode, if you are the parent of a girls' volleyball player, girls' softball player boys wrestler, boys tennis player, and you were banking on them getting a scholarship to college, I would think about some other alternatives or I would start saving some money because I don't think those opportunities are gonna be there. The countless academic, educational opportunities that are gonna be lost are through the roof. Finally, there is the economic part of this as well. And I'm telling you, and you guys all know this because we have huge listenership in all these college towns. In Lexington, Kentucky; Louisville, Kentucky; Knoxville, Tennessee; Nashville, Tennessee, which is obviously a, a, a collection of a bunch of different SEC, uh, you know, uh, uh, hotbeds. Right? Uh, we have a, a a big listenership in Fayetteville. We have a big listenership all over the place, and I bring it up because the long-term economic ramifications of this are going to be felt as well. I don't know if I referenced it on this podcast. I've done so much talking the last few weeks, I can't even keep track of what I said and where, but what I can tell you, I read an article two or three days ago, interviewed a bar owner in Lincoln, Nebraska, home of the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and what he said was those seven home football games every year pay for all my bills for the entire calendar year. So seven home football dates pay for my bar for the entire year. And I understand. I know some of you are probably sitting in the car or at work or you're sitting there thinking like, dude, well, there's not going to be any fans in the stands anyway. Yeah. But the restaurant would still be open. And if Nebraska was playing whatever, 14 games, 13 games, you're still going to want to go to the bar and watch with your friends, watch with other people, order food, hang out. Maybe, by the way, if Nebraska plays at noon or 11 central, you stay for the game after. And so the economic ramifications of this are cataclysmic. We've seen the studies on how much Tuscaloosa will lose if there's no football. How much uh, Stillwater, Oklahoma. Mike Gundy was talking about this back in April and everybody crushed Mike Gundy, but he was right. He said the state of Oklahoma will lose like $600 million if there is no Oklahoma State football this year. Big 12 still playing, Alabama still playing, but you get the point. Extrapolated out to Ann Arbor, Michigan, to State College, Pennsylvania. Those, those those towns and cities were already going to struggle with no fans in the stands or limited capacity. But at least you could say, hey, 12 Saturdays a year, you can still come to town, you can still hang out, you can still come to the bar, maybe, you know, if you whatever. Now you can't do that. Now you can't do that because there's no games. So the economic ramifications are going to be felt, and I think that's the part that these Big Ten presidents don't understand. They don't understand what they're doing to their student-athletes, the mental health of it all, the physical health of it. The fact that these football players have been working their whole lives and now all of a sudden they have no structure in their lives. Many of them are going to be sent back home. Hopefully the good thing about the Big Ten at the very least is that those schools are having students on campus. So at least that helps. Pac-12, I mentioned it, a bunch of schools don't have games on campus because of that or don't have students on campus. Because of that, a lot of those Pac-12 football players are going to be sent home low-income housing, mom and dad, multi-generational family living under one roof. It sucks. But again, conference commission or conference presidents do not care. And so as I wrap up here, I think I've said everything I have to say. And if you have any questions, you can DM me. You can hit me up on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. On Instagram, whatever's best for you, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. And I'll be happy to answer them. But uh, you know, I, I just, I can't express how awful this decision is, how monumental and how long it will be felt. If the Big Ten, I don't think the Big Ten understands. This could be a situation, I, I'm not kidding. If the SEC, ACC, and Big 12 figure out a way to play, I don't think this is something that the Big Ten can ever recover from. You know how like the Pac-12 is kind of like the the national whipping boy and like nobody takes him seriously? I think the Big Ten's going to essentially get there because I think they're going to fall so far behind the best SEC programs and even the best ACC uh, and, and Big 12 programs without football. And so I will say the only thing I'll say in conclusion is our one saving grace is credit to the other three power fives. They appear ready to keep pushing on. um, And I don't know, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Big 12, I don't know what's going to happen with the SEC, I don't know what's going to happen with the ACC, but it appears as though, right now, they are ready to keep going, okay? And that is the one thing I will give them credit for. And it was really funny, I got into it a little bit on social media with my buddy, who's a radio host in Ohio, and I said, I brought up the topic, like, what happens if the SEC actually pulls this off? The Big Ten will never recover. And my buddy said, "Well, you know what?" And I and I like him. I shouldn't I shouldn't like you know criticize his tone of voice, but like you know, and he's like, "Well, well, it's the opposite. What what happens if the SEC tries to pull it off and something bad will happens?" And I'm like, "Nothing bad's going to happen for the SEC because if it doesn't work, they'll just pull the plug." But I give credit to the SEC. I give credit to the Big Twelve. I give credit to the ACC because they're trying because they're doing everything they can to attempt to pull this off. And that is so much more than the Big Ten can say. That is so much more than the Big Ten even tried to do. And for the last time, I promise, that is my issue with this, is that it's not that the Big Ten canceled the season. It's that they didn't even try. To go through all of this process and not even get a single padded practice in is insane. It's ridiculous. And I'll be honest, too, by the way. I don't know what the next step is for the Big Ten. Because they basically laid down the gauntlet like, we're not playing football until there's a vaccine. And as I've said many times, I don't think there's going to be a vaccine in January. I don't think if there is a vaccine, it's going to be tested to the degree that we need it to be to kind of uh, use it in, you know, in, in, in bulk on our society. I don't think it's going to be available in bulk by January. And so then what happens? What if we don't have a vaccine by January? What if we don't have a vaccine by next August? Are we just not going to ever play Big Ten football again? But again, it's just so disappointing because... I just feel like when you look at the Big Ten, there were so many more steps that could have been made, right? You push back the season. You start the end of September like the SEC is doing. You limit practice up until students get back to campus. There were so many options that could be done and they didn't do it, and that's why I'm so disappointed. And as I wrap up, uh, I want to say something real quick, and that's this. I kind of referenced it a minute ago. I told you, by the way, I was going to be all over today, but uh, I, I referenced it a minute ago. But... For those of you who maybe don't feel like we should be playing football, I give you guys so much credit for sticking with me because I'm not going to back down from this. And it was funny because as I was prepping for this show, uh, I thought of a few weeks ago when I had Cole Kublick from ESPN on this podcast. And I remember Cole saying something that really, really, really stuck with me. And what he said was very simply this, is that he said when you have something that you really believe in, that really means that much to you, that you're willing to fight for, you go down fighting and you do everything you can and you put your heart and your soul into it. And that's how I feel about college football. I'm not saying we have to play. I'm not saying it, it, it'd be a, a crime against humanity if we don't play. But we have to at least try. We have to at least see what happens. We have to at least see what happens when we get in pads, when we tackle, when we block. We have to see. We can't give up. And I'm going to keep fighting as long as I can. As long as I feel like there's a chance that we can play this safely, I'm going to keep fighting. And this podcast, we're going to talk a lot of football. Maybe we'll get back to basketball if something interesting happens. But yeah, I think we're in a lot of football, and I'm just going to keep fighting. All right, that's all for today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Uh, I was hoping to get 25 minutes. I am somehow at 50. I talk a lot, man. Imagine being my wife. Don't you feel bad for her? Like, don't you just feel bad for my wife at this point? Like, I just talk 50 minutes straight without taking a breath. Imagine what it's like to live with me. Actually, the bottom line is I try not to talk all too much at around the house. I, I like to save my words for this podcast. So anyway, that is all for today's Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening, and I want to remind you, if you're not subscribed, please make sure to do so. You can do it on iTunes the Podcast Addict app, Podbean, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you're subscribed to the Aaron Torres Sports Podcast. Also, please make sure to rate and review the show. Give us a quick five stars. Let us know what you like. Let me know where you listen. I've had so many of you reach out over the last couple days, Louisiana, Maine, uh, all these cool places. So when you leave a rating or review, let me know where you listen in the car, at the gym, on your way to work, and then also where you're from Uh, because that's really fun for me. I I love knowing that my voice is reaching all these different corners of the country and corners of the globe. So make sure you do that. Uh, Make sure you're following me on social media, Aaron underscore Torres on Twitter, Aaron underscore Torres underscore sports underscore podcast on Instagram, Aaron Torres podcast questions at gmail.com. And as I said to lead the show, if you like this show, if you've just found out about this show, if you like me are willing to fight for college football because it's what you believe in and you believe that the Big Ten has been wrong, share with your friends. Let them know. Let them know about Aaron Torres. Let them know who I am, what I'm about, what I stand for, because I do think people will enjoy this show. Uh, But that's all. That's all for today's show. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for sharing. And thank you for what is on its way to being a record-setting week, I'll be honest. I don't know if I'm going to do a Thursday show. I usually do my second show on Thursday. I think it just depends on if there is news. Obviously, having done three shows already this week, I don't feel as though uh, you know the world is going to end if I don't do a fourth show. But if there's stuff to talk about on Wednesday night into Thursday, I will be glad to do so. But I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for subscribing. And that is all for today's show. Shout out to my boy, Torrent Craig. Shout out to Rachel. Who hates my voice? And I will be back. Maybe Thursday. Maybe next week. Just kind of depends on what happens in college football. Thank you guys for listening. Talk soon. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.